Welcome to Genuine Life Recovery. We're here to help you and your loved ones overcome addictions and other addiction-related mental health challenges. In this show, we dive into the physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual aspects of addiction, mental health, recovery, family dynamics, codependency, and more. You can listen on your favorite app or at jodystevens.org. Genuine Life Recovery is made possible by great friends like Joshua's Heart in memory of Joshua Brent Moore, bringing hope, love, and awareness to those afflicted by addiction online at joshesheart.org and Jody Stevens Productions for commercial voiceover, narration, production, MC, and public speaking online at jodystevens.org. Hey friends, welcome back. Thank you so much for listening to Genuine Life Recovery on your favorite app, or if you're watching on YouTube, really appreciate it. Today I wanna talk about identity. What is the definition of identity? How does our identity get marred along this road of life? How this can lead to addictions and other emotional challenges? And how do we come back to ourselves? Come back to the the individual that God created us to be, right? Because if we think about what defines us, right? The the world defines us by a lot of things, right? What we look like, our social media, how much money we have, or what we do, pretty much what we do, right? You know, the world defines us by what we do, not necessarily who we are. So a lot of us get caught up into doing things that don't even reflect who we really are because we want to impress the world. And then we're, we're, we have a lot of incongruency, right? Who we are doesn't match what we're doing. And that can lead to a lot of emotional strife and stuff like that. So sometimes I know I felt like I'm riding just this, this constant wave where one day I'm up, the next day I feel like I'm drowning based on people's reaction to me. And so every day we get up and we kind of do it all over again. And I call it the wave of the world. If you've gotten off that wave, (laughs) good for you. Some days I'm on it and uh, some days I'm not. And I like what, how Robert Subby, he's got this old book called Lust in the Shuffle, the Codependent Reality. It's one of the greatest books ever, I think. Um, And he says, you know, if you are what you do, and then you don't, you aren't, <laughs> right? So so what happens if everything that defines you is gone? Who are you? You don't know. You know, I had something like that happen. I've been in radio for over 30 years, and I walked away from a huge platform, and that had always defined me. And I went through kind of a deep depression once I got out of that because, right, I was being treated like everybody else in a weird way. It wasn't like, oh, oh, you're that girl on the radio, blah, blah, blah. You know, and you get used to kind of what you do causing people to react to you in a certain way, right? Celebrities have this all the time and then you walk away from it and that was who you are. And it's really, it can be really hard to adjust after that. But for me, I've been sober 18 years and after 10 years of sobriety, I realized I was, I was deeply codependent. And I had a lot of codependent issues. So basically what that means is I was relying on external things, external approval to shape who I was, to define who I was. And so stripping away that need for validation or that need for approval, basically it was things outside of myself that were 
determining my identity and regulating my emotions, if that makes sense. And so for me, that was the real addiction. It wasn't the alcohol or the drugs. That was just a Band-Aid stripping those codependent issues away. That was the real withdrawal because that was the real addiction. And, and, and so it was this realization that led me to embark on this deeper journey of recovery, going a lot deeper than just taking the alcohol and drugs away. Because again, that's just a Band-Aid. We all do things for a reason. We use drugs and alcohol for a reason. Sure, it makes us feel good, but there's generally other underlying reasons that we do things that are sort of maladaptive, right? With addiction, the idea is, well, it's not an idea, but it's it's that we continue to use a substance despite more and more negative consequences, but we keep doing it even though it gets to the point where it's not helping us anymore. Um, but I believe our struggles persist if our sense of self is rooted in our performance solely. Like when I was in radio, it was very rooted in my performance, what I said, how I said it, how was I coming across? Was I good that day? Did people like me that day? <laughs> you know, if I got a really mean email or something from a listener, then you know, my self-esteem would go down that day. And so what I want to do is just kind of break down and explore some various identity concepts that I've discovered and worked with uh, and worked through the years. But I love this quote from Stacey Eldridge from the Captivating, uh, Unveiling the Mystery of a Woman's Soul. It's a beautiful book. And then there's a guy version too called Wild at Heart. And both the books were written by Stacy and her husband. But yeah, she says, what if you have a genuine and captivating beauty that is marred only by your striving? I mean, let that sink in. <laughs> we're trying so hard to be the captivating beauty, but are trying is what's ruining. It's kind of a weird, I don't know what you'd call that oxymoron or something like that. But, um, but you know, what if who we are and, and who God made us to be isn't even really about our job, isn't even really about what we do. I think that this, this country, this world has us locked in this career path when I feel like God really designed life to be an adventure you know, where we ride this adventure and bad things happen and good things happen. But in the end, good wins. And he created us to ride that adventure. But when we're riding this wave of the world, we get like super depressed, right? But identity, the definition of identity is that it's something that stays the same regardless of our circumstances. Okay. So Without that, how do we move into our true calling, right? How do, if we don't know who we are, how do we move into our true calling? And this is where I was with that external, it's called an external locus of control. And I'll get into what that is, but, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, I was rolling through the world's kind of faking it in a lot of ways. I didn't know I was faking it. I just didn't really know who I was. So I had this external stuff sort of regulating who I was. And I was just marred with anger and addiction, insomnia, fear, guilt, shame, on and on, because who I was and how I felt about myself, it was in this this constant state of flux 
because how I perceived, how I was perceived or how well I performed that day, that was where my identity was coming from, all these things outside of myself, okay? And so when that happens, we develop a lot of what's called free-floating anxiety, right? So it's, it's, we're just kind of anxious, right? And, and we don't always know why. We're just sort of, you know, you know, people like that. I was totally one of those people. I hid it well, but I always just had this kind of sense of anxiety. Because if we're allowing external things, everything outside of ourselves, to determine our self-worth, those are all things we can't control. Think about that for a minute. We can't control any of those things. I can't control what you think about me, what you think about this podcast. If you think my hair looks silly <laughs> with the blonde, <laughs> you know, I can't control any of those things. So of course, I'm going to have this kind of sense of, of anxiety. And this is really what led to my addiction because I would drink to relieve that anxiety so that I wouldn't feel so alone in the crowd. Of course, I felt alone in, in the crowd. I had that false front. A lot of celebrities and people like that and just people in general do. It's like we're acting. We're, we're kind of acting. And so the addiction was like taking back control. So when I had this sort of external identity thing going on and I relied on other people for my identity regulation, then that addiction soothed all that. Addiction, they say, is a replacement for what we lack the courage to do. That's one definition of it. There's many definitions of it. But, you know, when you think about people say, oh, you know, control is the root of addiction. Control is the root of addiction. And I used to be like, what does that mean? <laughs> right? Because people, when they're drunk, they're not exactly in control. But think about this. If I'm completely afraid of my boss because my identity is being regulated by how I perform and what he thinks or she thinks of me, okay, then I'm not going to be able to be real and stand up to them or ask for the raise or stand up for my emotional needs, the things I want, the things I need, right? So all that stuff gets stuffed down because if I express those needs, they're not going to want me or like me. So what do I do about it? By picking up a drink, I'm unconsciously doing something about the situation, right? Taking that drink is a replacement for what I lacked the courage to do. And it gives me some of that control back. Okay. So that is just some of the ways that this, um, this codependent reality, <laughs> like the book's called, manifested in my own life and led to some of my addictions. But, you know, um, there's that quote again, if you're watching, I'm sharing my screen, identity stays the same regardless of our circumstances. But, you know, most psychological issues exist on a spectrum. So, some people may be very extreme in nature to one side of the spectrum, depending on what they're dealing with. Some people maybe are just uh, lower on the spectrum. Maybe they have, so for instance, maybe they're severely codependent or maybe just a little bit, or maybe they have an alcohol, um, you know, problem drinking versus full-blown addiction and stuff like that. But 
here's kind of a psychological definition of what I'm talking about. External locus of control is what they call it. And that's when the definition of who we are comes from outside of ourselves. So that is really just the definition of codependency in a nutshell. Obviously, there's a lot more things going on there. Um, but but that's that's my definition of it. So we tend to attribute outcomes in our lives to external factors, right? Luck or fate or chance. Um, other people, the environment, right? We might believe that events are beyond our control, that we don't have choices. And this can come from a lot of trauma in our childhood or invalidation. Stop feeling that way. Don't feel that way. Stop crying. I'll give you something to cry about. These are all ways that we develop this external um, identity regulation because we're not supposed to be us because when we're us, we lose love and attention and, and all those sorts of things. So we create this kind of fake persona that's going on. Um, and so uh, people with an external locus of control, we might be more susceptible to feeling helpless or powerless in the face of challenges. I felt this way all the time. You know, I had power to make choices and to make things happen, but for some reason, I didn't believe that I did. An internal locus of control is where we want to be. We're all kind of somewhere on this spectrum, right? I mean, we live in this world. We care what people think. But this is when who we are comes from inside of ourself, comes from, you know, from a biblical perspective, comes from the Lord, comes from the belief and the knowledge that God loves us, but also that we're secure in who he created us to be. It's a two-part deal. It's not just, oh, my identity in Christ and here's all the scriptures. And that's wonderful. And that's true. And that we are those things. But God also created us very unique, right? We're all a snowflake. That, <laughs> that word has been hijacked. But we're all unique like a snowflake. And he wants to reveal our identity. He doesn't want to change it. You know, he wants to reveal who we really are. So an internal regulating regulation system, locus of control, which is such kind of a funny uh, way of putting it. We believe that we have a significant amount of control over our lives and we perceive that what we do, the decisions and efforts are crucial factors in determining outcomes. And so we can look at this and go, yeah, that's totally true, right? That's totally true. This is this is how we're supposed to be. And I, I think we know that, but we just tend to oftentimes gravitate towards this. And this can be huge. Again, if there was trauma where we were made to feel powerless, if we were a victim of abuse, you're a kid, right? And there's chaos going on around you, maybe fighting stuff, breaking. I can relate to that. There's, or there's something even worse, some type of abuse where you, you, you felt like you were helpless, like you didn't have any control. Your brain's being wired like that. Okay. So, so then you grow up thinking you don't have any control and this can totally lead to this um, addiction to try to self-soothe and regulate that. It's actually a, a, a pretty normal reaction to trauma is to turn to addiction, particularly if our brain is goofed up because of it. You know, the neurons are all messed up and firing in a crazy way and we're on high alerts and we have attachment issues. Turning to addiction to self-soothe is pretty normal because we're trying to fix something that's broken.
You know what I mean? <laughs> and we're just going about it the wrong way. Anyway, from that old book that I was telling you about, uh, Lost in the Shuffle, The Codependent Reality. I mean, this picture says it all, doesn't it? I love it. It says codependency is the denial or repression of the real self based on an erroneous assumption that love and acceptance and security and success and closeness and even salvation are all dependent upon one's ability to do the right thing. So here we get back to that free-floating anxiety. So what is the right thing? <laughs> Depends. Depends on who you're talking to. If you talk to five people, they tell you the right thing was something different. Talk about internal chaos. But look at how this codependent self is this, this big person that's, that's take care of others, you know, always um, put others first, you know, never make mistakes, be what others want you to be. Again, what is that? depends on the circumstance. So a lot of people, then they fall into addiction and they call it the chameleon syndrome, where they're just a different person depending on who they're, um, who they're around. And so this is where that concept for addiction and other things where people say, I always felt alone in a crowd. I always felt alone in a crowd because you were faking it, right? So it says the, the codependent is a spirit divided from itself. And so then you see the little real self in there, right? And that self gets stuffed, gets stuffed way, 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 way down. And so the little, the real person is down there somewhere. Now with narcissism, it's kind of the flip side where the, the person's like super, you know, they, they need the validation so bad, but there's that arrogance and there's that outward projection. Whereas this codependency is an inward projection where we're taking everything in, whereas narcissism is an outward projection, but it's still that little tiny self that's shoved in there full of shame that doesn't want anybody to know it exists. But the concept is similar. It's just that some people um, take things in and some project outward. Hence, you always see like super codependent people and, and narcissistic kind of givers and takers, right, coming together to try to, you know, balance each other out. But really, all of us should be somewhere, uh, you know, in the middle of that spectrum. But um, so many of us, I think, particularly women, we get into our 40s and 50s and even older and we start to kind of look at this and we're like, who, who is this person? Who am I? What, what do I even like? I've been so busy with my career or raising kids or helping my husband that I don't even know, or maybe I never did. And that's where I feel like all emotional recovery, emotional health, addiction recovery, all of it, it's really just coming back to ourself. Okay. And so if you're listening and not watching um, this little graph up here, it's just, it's a big, big, huge person, like a shadow with a little person inside. And the big person's the one that's saying, do all this stuff. And the little person's just hiding in there. And the little person is the real self. And so I call it like integration, or they call it integrity or whatever, where it's just, we're coming back to ourself, right? We want the, we want the little person that we've stuffed, the real self to become big 
and that fake person to become smaller, right? I, I look at this um, photograph. If you go onto YouTube, this podcast is on YouTube too, and you can actually watch it. But if you're listening, you want, you know, you want that um, the small person to become bigger and the big person, the fake person to become smaller. So I just think that recovery, it's coming back to ourselves, coming back to who God created us to be. And again, it's the sort of integration or reversal of that image. But we need to, I believe that only God can really be a part of this, fixing this problem in a way that's true and whole. Because if you believe in a creator, which I do, and if you believe that God created you, clearly he's the only one that can show you who you are. Uh, John Kelvin said, without knowledge of God, there is no knowledge of self. And without knowledge of self, there's no knowledge of God, right? Because when we look to others and not our creator, the world, our jobs, all those other things to determine who we are, it's going to be really bad because we're never going to be who we were created to be because the world can never tell us who we are right? The Lord can tell us, he can show us who we are. But the thing of it is, is that we have to know God accurately before we can know ourselves accurately, because he created us. And so this is where the surrender piece of recovery comes. Because if I think I'm just no good, nothing, right? That's not you know, God doesn't create junk. So he created us beautiful masterpiece. He created us, said, this is good. So if I think I'm bad, that's not, that's not a, a accurate picture of my identity. On the flip side, if I think I'm all that, right, then I, that's not an accurate portrayal as well. I'm still a sinner saved by grace, but I'm also precious in God's eyes, right? So it's the concept of humility. Humility says I'm not the best. I'm not the worst. I'm simply human. Humidity, humility um, in light of God's greatness is looking at my position in relation to God's greatness. That's humility in the eyes of God. It's saying, it, it, and so we have to have a correct picture of who we are in light of God's greatness, omnipresent, omniscient, <laughs> um, you know, been around forever, you know, all knowing. Uh, and, and then, and then once we have that actual, actual good perception of God, that gives him the ability to come in and teach us, teach us who we are, show us who he created us to be. Um, another great quote in his book called In God's Eyes, Chevis Brooks says that Jesus didn't come to give us a new identity. He came to expose the original one. His purpose contains our person, his purpose, his will for our life, not the world's will, his will. God, what's your will? So he says he doesn't come to upgrade us. He comes to unveil us. So this whole concept, like let's, 
let's look at that picture of the big, the big fake person <laughs> and then the little real self. God's saying, I want to reveal that real self. I want to reveal it. That doesn't mean I'm changing who you are. I'm not, we're not changing you. We're revealing you. We're, we're up, you know, you know what I mean? We're not, we're not upgrading. We're revealing who you are. Okay. So how do we achieve all of this? <laughs> I think knowledge is the one, is the one big thing. So, right. Just understanding this, um, and, and knowing that it's a lifelong process, this concept of coming back to who we really are, if we look at it from a biblical perspective, a sanctification where we want to be more and more like Jesus every day with the footprint of our true self, of our identity, of who he created us to be. One of the biggest things that helps is just mindfulness. That's kind of a buzzword, but it's like paying attention and, and being aware of my thoughts, of my emotions, of my body, of my, my triggers. And so when I'm having trouble being authentic with myself, authentic with other people, and then really looking at where is this coming from, right? Just being aware, like maybe this freaky situation with my boss is triggering me because it's making me think of something possibly unconsciously that happens to be about my dad when I was two, okay? Or whatever it is, right? Whatever it is. And understanding that that was true when I was two, when I was five, when I was 10, but it's not true now. And so really just understanding and being mindful of what's going on. Once you start becoming mindful, it's a lot easier. You start to kind of see this stuff and you can work through it. Also, um, pray, <laughs> pray for God to reveal, uh, and unveil your true self. Um, right or to heal your self-esteem that's one of the things that i always have to pray for self-esteem gets a bad rap these days but it's it's important it's like you know and god understands what we mean by that it's like just just help me to not be so um feel so alone in the crowd not to feel so small around people and things like that right so i can be who you wanted me to be and there's great programs. Al-Anon is awesome for all of this stuff. They totally kind of get, if you find the right group, they get all this, um, the codependency stuff and the things like that and our attempts to control things, to regulate our identity and all that sorts of sorts of things. You know, um, if you struggle with substance abuse, I would recommend like maybe doing Celebrate Recovery or Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, but also incorporating like Al-Anon and stuff like that into it. So you can look at some of the, um, some of the deeper issues and things like that. So um, identity is something that should remain regardless of your circumstances. So uh, I hope this was helpful to you. Please share it with anyone you know who may be struggling with some of these issues. And thank you so much for listening, by the way. Please leave a review on iTunes or whatever app you're listening through. If you're on YouTube, uh, click the like and share button. And again, um, God bless you. And thank you so much for listening to Genuine Life Recovery. 
Thank you so much, friends, for listening to Genuine Life Recovery, playing on your favorite app or on my website at jodystevens.org. It's J-O-D-I-E-S-T-E-V-E-N-S, jodystevens.org. There you can check out my podcast, blog, recovery coaching info, speaking, and more. Check it out.